Shalom Aleichem. I'm Emma Morgenstern, and today I'm speaking with Kenny Turan, Yiddish Book Center board member and film critic for National Public Radio and the Los Angeles Times. Welcome, Kenny. It's good to be here. So the Yiddish Book Center is showing the Yiddish film Bar Mitzvah on March 21st as part of the local Pioneer Valley Jewish Film Festival. It's an American movie made in 1935 and restored by the National Center for Jewish Film at Brandeis. Uh, so, Kenny, what's your first reaction to this movie when you watched it? <laughs> well, there are two reactions. First of all, you have to shake your head at it. You know, it's just a real head shaker. It is, you know, as uh, you know, everyone who thinks about these things knows it's an example of what they call shund or trash. You know, this is not high art. This is very much popular entertainment. This is kind of Yiddish soap opera. You know, of a you know, with just kind of a wildly improbable plot and just crazy things happening. But the other thing you think about, this is the only, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's the only surviving performance of a Boris Tomaszewski. Right, so who, who was Boris Tomaszewski? Well, he was one of the great, great, great stars of the Yiddish theater. Uh, you know, just really uh, a towering performer with huge fans, you know, kind of, I don't know, the Yiddish Michael Jackson in the sense of the, <laughs> the appeal he had, even though his talent was of a very different order. But he, you know, this was the days of matinee idols when people lined up to see people on stage and they lined up backstage to kind of greet the great man. And he was a huge popular success. I believe that when he died, 30,000 people, uh, you know, got, came out on the streets of the Lower East Side in New York to kind of commemorate his passing. He was a huge cultural figure of a kind that, you know, we really don't have anymore. And that really speaks to how popular the Yiddish theater was and by, you know, connection, Yiddish film as well. Mm-hmm. And so how does he translate from the stage to the to the silver screen in this case? Well, he translates in an interesting way. I mean, what you can definitely see, you see two things. Number one, you can see what a commanding presence he has. Even on film, you can, you know, he's kind of eagle-eyed and erect, and he just really radiates charisma and presence. Uh, you can almost feel like you could bottle it and take it home with you. It's so strong. Mm-hmm. But oh, on the other hand, it feels to a certain extent like a theatrical performance. It's not as quiet and as natural as we, you know, see the best of film performances these days. It's very much a kind of a stagey kind of performance, but still very powerful, very effective, uh, you know, still really something to see. So what are the the markers of Shund in this case? <laughs> <laughs> well, the plots are so, so, so far-fetched that it's really, uh, you almost, you know, it's hard to say them with a straight face. <laughs> yeah, can you give me a little taste <laughs> of the plot? <laughs> well, the plot for this is really about, you know, Boris Tomaszewski plays a wealthy man whose wife has died when an ocean liner sank. You know, the mm-hmm. kind of story we don't have that much anymore. I guess kind <laughs> of a Titanic spinoff. And after 10 years, he has married a, a, another woman who, A, it turns out is, you know, perhaps does not have his best interests at heart. And, uh, you know, then it turns out, could, could you believe it, just at a key moment, it turns out his wife, she is not dead. She did not die on that ocean liner. You know, she lived. She lost her memory. Her memory came back. They put her in a hospital. Mm-hmm. And just in time for their son's bar mitzvah, uh, she reappears in his life. And this film is kind of how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, not, not gritty realism. Right, right. <laughs> and so even beyond plot, we see a lot of uh, strange production values in this movie. That, that's, that was my take on it anyway. <laughs> well, you know, to be honest, I don't know that I saw any production values. <laughs> that's know, a better I mean, way of putting a, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a very kind of cheaply made film and, you know, a lot of cuts that kind of 
don't match up and a lot of really overdone performances. I mean, the the Shun film that I am partial to, which I'm sure has been shown at the Book Center more than once, is uh, Abrivala from Der Mama, A Letter from the Mother, you know, which I, also has similar heart-tugging aspects, but I think is much better done. But this one is really fascinating because it is pure Shun and because it's got Boris Tomaszewski, who a lot has been written about and has never seen on film. Right, right. Um, so who was going to see this movie when it came out in 1935? Well, the thing about these films, and we don't see that this much in this day and age, this was a film really made specifically for a Yiddish-speaking audience. There was no crossover. They weren't hoping to get people who didn't speak Yiddish. If you didn't speak Yiddish, you didn't know this film existed, you didn't want to go. This was very much, you know, it's like preaching to the converted. They, had, they were inside jokes. There were references. I mean, obviously the dialogue was all in Yiddish. Uh, though in this film, actually, the, one of the characters in it, even though the, the film nominally takes place in Poland, one of the characters is an American Jew who returns, and he, he speaks some English, and he does kind of some amazing tap dancing. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of the, the Meshuggah the dancing, they say. His girlfriend says, show us some of that Meshuggah the dancing you do. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a some, scene. Yeah, <laughs> insane tap dancing routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I was pretty taken by the subtitles um, because some of the subtitles are from the original movie, it seems, and then a lot of them are from the restoration that the National Center for Jewish Film did. So I was just curious about why they're so erratic, all those subtitles. <laughs> well, I mean, it almost, it's almost like subtitles were an afterthought. You know, again, these films were made for a Yiddish-speaking audience, or as it didn't really need subtitles. And, you know, maybe they put some in because maybe there were people who, who they felt in America, say, who would want to see it, who spoke some Yiddish, but not enough to follow everything. So they put some in, but they seem to do them in these films almost in a random way. There seems to be big stretches of dialogue without subtitles. Uh, sometimes if you speak a little Yiddish, you can see that they're not really uh, translating it with, it with great exactitude. So there's a randomness to the subtitling, which uh, I think, again, is part of the fact that this was not like a high-class production. They just couldn't be bothered mm-hmm. with, you know, with real rigor. Yeah, I was also sort of surprised that they translated bar mitzvah as confirmation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff like that. It's like, huh? I mean, who's seeing this is going to need to know that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I was reading a Huffington Post review of it, and it said that this restoration is strictly for fun. So do you think that's accurate, or, you know, doesn't it have some cultural value significance Oh, yeah, I think it has enormous cultural significance because you can see what appealed to people in those days. You can see what worked and what didn't work. I mean, one of the things that fascinated me is at the end, there's some police officer comes in, some kind of, uh, you know, not a, you know, they're in Poland and some Polish police guy comes in, and he does, he's the least realistic police person <laughs> I've ever seen. He looks like a guy from an opera, from a comic opera, you know, maybe from Mozart. He's got all these medals and a big sword and a big hat, mm-hmm. and he looks like the least, you know, it was some kind of Yiddish fantasy of what, uh, you know, a Polish police officer looked like. It, it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I think these films have enormous value and kind of a window into what people in those days, what were their norms, what they thought was realistic and what they thought were things they wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think the people who are coming to see this screening at the Book Center, what do you think they can take away from watching this film? Well, this is a whole lost world. I mean, I feel so much about this uh, with Yiddish film. I mean, this is a relic of a time that is no more when people spoke this language, and it had a vast cultural reach. And, you know, people like Boris Tomaszewski were enormous stars, and everyone across the Yiddish-speaking world, around the world, 
you know, I think there was no Yiddish-speaking community, even if they hadn't seen Boris Tomaszewski, there's no Yiddish-speaking community that didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. And to be able to see someone like that and to see, to get a sense of why he was so popular, that's priceless. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks so much, Kenny. This has been great. Very well, enlightening. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Come to our screening of Bar Mitzvah as part of the Pioneer Valley Jewish Film Festival on March 21st at 7.30 p.m. here in Amherst, Massachusetts. You'll see this romp of a film, song, dance, and melodrama, and experience Boris Tomaszewski in his only screen performance. Register online at yiddishbookcenter.org or buy tickets at the door. $9 for general admission, $7 for students and seniors. I'm Emma Morgenstern. Thanks for listening. Our original theme music was written and performed by Hankus Netsky. This has been a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts.